Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. We're going to dive into this, but first let's pray, uh, and then let's see what God has for us this morning. Um, Lord, we just thank you for... We thank you for just being able to be uh, awake, um, breathing fresh air, and being able to just gather on this platform uh, and hear your word this morning. Lord, we just pray that you just uh, you magnify yourself today, that you, we feel you not only on this uh, Zoom and podcast uh, as we listen to it, Lord, may we feel you all throughout today and all throughout all of our days. May uh, you be with us in our conversations, not just here in your word, um, Lord, but also in our conversations at the table today uh, as we gather with friends and family and whatever that looks like in each home. Lord, I just pray that you be there uh, in in all of our hearts and our minds. May we continue to focus on what we are thankful for instead of what we are missing and need and want. May we be thankful for those that... um, are around us that are uh, the true blessings of life. Uh, Lord, I surrender myself to you, uh, that this word be yours and not my own. Uh, and may you reveal something to all of us today in your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. All right, let's go. <clears throat> um, getting a little uh, congested, so uh, just, just pray for me as I'm reading and going through this today. But um, Let's read again. Hebrews 12 is where we're at. Uh, Verse 1, as I'm reading uh, the New Living Translation. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance uh, the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not given your lives in your struggle against sin. And have you forgotten the enduring words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my children, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. And don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves. And he punishes each one he accepts as his child. Verse 7, as you endure this divine discipline, remember that God treats you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. 
since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly father disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how, but God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn for a single meal. You know that afterward, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. You have not come to a physical mountain, to a place of uh, flaming fire, darkness, gloom, and Uh, whirlwind as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai, for they heard an awesome trumpet blast and a voice so terrible that they begged God to stop speaking. They staggered back under God's command. If, If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. Moses himself was so frightened at the sight that he said, I am terrified and trembling. No, you have come to Mount Sinai, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. Verse 23, you have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children. Those names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself, who is the judge over all things. You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven who have now been made perfect. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new uh, covenant between God and people and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. Verse 25, be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, he will certainly not escape if we reject the one who is to us from heaven, who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth, but now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. 
since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. The word of the Lord. All right. There's quite a bit in here. And some of it sounds like really like, wow, that's that's a lot. But we want to there's some key things in here to kind of keep our mind and our perspective uh, right with what is going on. The first part is understand that God is our heavenly father and he's going to treat us as such as a father. He's going to discipline us. It's it's just part of the nature of the beast. If you want to be part of the family, you're going to be part of the family. <laughs> right, wrong, missing, confused, <laughs> up and down, left and right. It don't matter. However it's going to be, guess what? You're part of the family. He's going to be your father. He's going to discipline you when you do wrong. And he's also going to lift you up and bless you when you do well. All right. As we see this, at the very beginning, though, this is a great statement for us to always keep in mind. We must always keep this in mind. Is therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip away every weight that shows uh, that slows us down. Let me get to this. This is a huge crowd of witnesses. Look, we are being watched all the time. If you claim the label of Christian, if you say Jesus is your Lord and Savior, as much blessing, as much eternal uh, greatness, as much righteousness and holiness comes with the blood of Jesus, guess what? So does a whole bunch of persecution, uh, judgment, um, people pointing out and looking and waiting for you to stumble. It's like any of us guys that watch figure skating in the Olympics, we're just here to watch the falls. We're just here to watch the falls. Nobody cares about how good the twirl is. I just want to see them fall on that triple axle. Hey, you worked four years to get there and you fell at the Olympics. I can't wait. That's what I'm here for. It's just like some of us that watch NASCAR. I'm only here for the crashes. I know I got some NASCAR fans out there, <laughs> you know, but hey, some of us that in reality, we're just watching ESPN to watch the highlights of the crashes and the falls. That's what the crowd is doing that are not Christians, those that are wondering about our faith, those that are speculating about our faith, those that are sitting back and going, what are they doing, these foolish Christians thinking about in life that they're going to do all that? They ain't got one life to live and they're going to hold back on their fleshly desires. What is this? I can't wait till they fall. I can't wait till they mess up. Uh, I'm telling you, all of the news. Hillsong got more publicity with the fall that is going on in that church than it was with all of the greatness going on in that church. Understand that more people want to see the fall than see the glory in your life. And yes, 
we are a testimony. And yes, we still have people that come to Christ because they see the goodness of God working in our lives. They see that the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness and, and the blessings that happen uh, as we go through this life as a Christian, as a Christ follower. And it is so good, but there are people that want to see the fall. That there's, I forgot what, uh, what movie it was when um, it was a great line. There's just some people that want to see the world burn. That, that's, that is it. That is their mindset. That is their form of entertainment. And so we have to be on our guard. We have to be on our vigilance. We have to hold each other up. This is, this is not an easy task. This is not an easy ask of the Lord to be a follower of Jesus. So with that, that's why God corrects us. That's why God uh, gives us discipline. That's why God will, if you don't humble yourself, he will humble you. <laughs> he, will, he will sit you down <laughs> and he will be like, watch this, my young son, my young daughter. I am going to set you straight. But because of that, he loves you. He loves you. If that doesn't happen, if you do bad things all the time and just nothing seems to ever get in your way and you're just cruising through life, I'm going to tell you right here, here is a great test of your legitimacy as part of the kingdom. It says in verse eight, God does not discipline you if God, excuse me, if God doesn't discipline you uh, as he does all his children, it means you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. So guess what? If God is disciplining you, you're part of the kingdom. If God is disciplining you, you're part of the family. If God is disciplining, disciplining you, he calls you son and daughter. That is such good news because he's not going to give up on you. His promises are yes and amen. His eternity is exactly for that, eternity. His blood is made good for you. You are part of the kingdom. But here's the other catch. Are we actually listening to it? Are we listening to it? Look, so I love the writer of Hebrews. And, and, and if, if you have a, uh, an idea or preference of who wrote Hebrews, if it's Apostle Paul or whoever, um, come talk to me. We'll, we'll, it's always fun to kind of, those are little side theological debates. Uh, but, um, the author of Hebrews here lets us know that number one, in the continued sentence of verse one, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, everything that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. I want you to see something. All right. Our the writer here is letting us know that our sin is not an easy thing. It so easily trips us up. He's acknowledging that dealing with sin is hard. It easily trips us up. It does it when we're not looking. It does it even when we are looking. It's too easy to fall into it, even willfully, because it's, un, un, guess what? Temporarily, sin is enjoyable. It just is that's what that's why it's fleshly desire it's not a you know right guess what if you burn yourself on an iron that's not sin 
because that's not enjoyable as part of it, right? Like that's that that's not it. Sin is uh, is something that's something enjoyable up front for the most part, and then the pain comes after. The consequences of sin is uh, is all of these other things, and that's where the pain comes. But if it was painful up front, we wouldn't do it. That's the whole trap. That's why it so easily trips us up is that it's enjoyable up front. It gives us a form of satisfaction. That's why they call it temptation. It's tempting us to come in and enjoy and partake. And uh, even our own fleshly side wants to reason with us the very same way that the serpent did at the very beginning in the garden. Did God really say, come on, like, look at this. Look at this. This looks good. This looks wholesome. I bought it at Whole Foods. It's good. It's good. And they tempt you with this. They tempt you with, it's normal to do that. We, we hear all of the little, little sly comments that, uh, that come with certain little things and certain uh, arguments about different types of sin and just saying, it's okay. Everybody's doing it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I sound like the 1980s with the drug campaign with uh, Ronald Reagan. Like, everybody's doing it. Like, what? I mean, and some of you are laughing because you're that old, right? I just dated myself with that. <laughs> but, um, the, but these are the these are the things that you hear a lot with uh, with that. But that so I want you to understand that the author of Hebrews here, that's being, and that means the Holy Spirit is right is writing this through the author of hebrews is that god understands that sin is easily trips us up and that's why he's there to continue to correct us you see oh man they fell into it again let me go pick them up but here's the other thing let us strip away every weight that slows us down and then comma space especially the sin that's uh that so easily trips us up look it's not always sin that trips us up it's not always sin that holds us back it's not always sin that doesn't allow us to propel forward in our christian life it can just be any other thing that's going on distractions right busyness at work uh busyness and uh too much in the family uh, busyness and all sorts of other things that may be actually good things, but they become distractions from our relationship with the Lord. Some of us, we work so hard to take care of our families, put food on the table, do so much and everything else. And it distracts us from our time with the Lord. It distracts us from having an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. Because I, I got to do all these things. I got to do all this stuff. I Whatever, blah, blah, blah. I got to do all this. And it may be good and it's not sinful, but it is holding you back from sitting down and enjoying time with the Lord. Individually, this right now, I'm going to tell you, this is corporate. This is gathering worship. This is gathering time right here on Zoom uh, and all of that. 
when we're talking personal time, I mean, you in your prayer closet, I mean, you reading the word, maybe it's our soap, maybe it's a different, maybe it's a Bible plan that's going on, maybe it's something, but it's just you and God, and you are praying, you are worshiping, and you are reading his word in some form, a combination of that during a dedicated time for him alone. That's how we know he's disciplining us. That's how we know he's guiding us. That's how we know is when we dedicate time to sit with our father so our father can talk to us, so our father can be with us. And guess what? It's right here. Verse two. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. And then it goes into like, hey, if you need to, once you go back to the whole crucifixion story, once you reread all of the stuff that he went through for your salvation, if that motivates you to go, wow, you know what? I'm glad I reread that. That reminds me. He paid an awful huge price for my eternity. Let me sit down with him. That's what we see in verse three, thinking of all the hostility he endured for sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. His pain is an encouragement for you. His sacrifice is an encouragement for you. His blood shed for your sins is an encouragement for you. And his resurrection is an encouragement for you. He is alive. He is a living God that wants to talk to you, that wants to sit down with you, that wants to be at your Thanksgiving table today. That wants to be at your Thanksgiving table today and say, I love you. You're my son. You're my daughter. I've got a plan that is for you, that is marked out for you, that I had it in the beginning for you. Let's do this together. Together. And we see this uh, in here, and um, the writer of Hebrews points back to uh, Proverbs uh, 3, 11 through 12. My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. Don't give up when he corrects you. Some of us, man, some some people, we all know somebody, and if you don't know somebody, that person is you, is that, guess what? Somebody corrects you, you go in a corner and you go, who are they to tell me? I'm not, no, 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 I'm not. And you just resist the correction. You resist the, the counsel. You resist the, uh, the, hey, let's go in this direction. Let's turn you a little bit this way, right? Let's, let's, that any of that dis discipline from the Lord, some of us, we just don't take correction well. We don't take criticism well. We don't take somebody saying, hey, eh, I don't know. That's not the best thing. Don't give up. Don't do that. Don't resist it. Don't say I quit. Don't say this is too hard. Don't say blah, blah, blah. Keep going. When he corrects you, it's in love. It's in love because guess what? He knows your future. You don't. I don't know my future. 
I'm, I'm believing and praying and hoping that my turkey comes out today, but he knows whether that thing is going to get messed up or not. He knows the future. I am saying, well, you know, I've done uh, deep fried turkeys for so long. I'm sure my turkey is going to come out great. But guess what? Things happen. We don't know the future. We don't. We have good predictions, but that's about it. That's as best as we got. God knows the future. Listen to your heavenly father that knows best. For God disciplines those he loves. And he punishes each one as he accepts as his child. This is good news. This is something to be thankful for. This is something to be saying, yes, Lord, you want to continue to invest in me. So many people right now keep wanting Somebody to invest in them, somebody to uh, sit around and mentor them, somebody to guide them, somebody to tell them when they're on the wrong path. We say this as, as a thing that where many people keep saying they want that in life. Where can I get it? I don't want to pay a lot of money for it. Blah, 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 whatever. Guess what? God's going to do it for free. God does this for free. God will mentor you for free. God will guide you for free. God will give you life counsel for free. God will be your life coach. He gave you a life coach manual. God gave you a life coach manual. And guess what? We hand them out for free at Fusion Church. If you need a life coach manual, we got a pretty orange one for you. We got a pretty, <laughs> Deb's laughing. <laughs> We've got a pretty orange one for you. I'm telling you. We've got life coach manuals for you right here because God loves you. And it's 100% free. And guess what? The benefits of it aren't just for the next five years. The benefits of it aren't just for the next 20 years. The benefits of it are for eternity, for your eternity, for your family's eternity, for your sons and daughters' eternity, for your friends' eternity. Guess what? That life coach stuff, when it comes to you and then it bleeds out of you, when it bleeds out of you, when it's, when, hey, it says like, hey, we leak, guess what? There's a purpose to that leaking. And so that you leak on other people. What are you leaking on other people? Are you leaking his discipline in your life? Are you sharing the, the, uh, the examples of what God has showed you in your life to say, hey, don't do that. That's not going to be a good idea. That's not a good idea. And you see that happening in somebody else's life? Are you going, whew? I'm going to watch this one. Or are you stepping in and say, no, learn from me. Learn what God has showed me. Look, in the Olympics, yes, I'm right there with you. Let's watch the falls. But in life, let's pick people up. Let's hold them accountable before the fall. Let's give them what God has trained us to do as part of the kingdom. Because guess what? That is part of God's way of disciplining us. 
is not only through his book, through his life, uh, uh, giving word, but it's also through the church, through other people, through pastors, through elders, through uh, mentors, through those that have been walking in the faith for a while and have and recognize a similar path and are coming alongside of you and saying, let's not do that. I got a better way for you. My brother, Dave Worth, I see him on here right now. I, I love sitting down with him. I love sitting down with Dave. I love sitting down with Doug. I love sitting down with Mike Chambers. These men that have journeyed in the faith for many, many years. Although they don't look it, they look like spring chickens. But, <laughs> you know, I, I love sitting down with them because there's just every time I, I'm searching in their words for wisdoms of uh, little wisdom nuggets from the Lord in, in what has gone on in their life that I can apply to mine, that I can learn the lesson, hopefully the easier way, instead of banging my head against the wall and God going, there's a wall right there. What are you doing? How many of you, that, that's how you've learned, unfortunately, that there was a wall? It was because you had to push your head into it and actually crack your head open on the wall. We've all learned things the hard way, but guess what? It's so much better when a brother comes alongside, when a sister comes alongside you and says, hey, there's a wall coming up there that's really going to hurt. That You know what? That wall is really ugly. You don't want to mess with it. You might want to just go the easy way, go around it. Maybe this whole other path is just the, the better way. That's what the church is for. It's so that we can help guide and encourage each other together. Right here in um, halfway through verse 10. But God's discipline is always good for us. Always good for us. Always, always, always. It's not just for that circumstance. It's always good because that circumstance, guess what? Just like I was saying, it sees it in other people. The same circumstance in your life is very similar in seeing it in other people's lives. And that's where the church comes together. That's why gathering together. That's why being in connect groups is so important. That's why getting together with Christ-like-minded individuals and sharing each other's journey and sharing each other's pain and uh, journeying with other people and seeing that uh, you can learn from them, you can grow from them, uh, or you are also that person to help grow and mentor and lead other people the way that God wants us to all follow and all work through. Today, we have so much to be thankful for. And so before we end this call, before we end on here, as much as I said to put in the chat what your favorite side dish was, I want you to put in the chat your top two things that you are most thankful for today. Whether that's a name, whether that's something. And yes, we're all thankful for our Lord. We're all thankful for his correction. But maybe it's somebody specifically that God used in your life to be that instrument of correction. Maybe it's uh, somebody that has just helped lift you up, um, has ministered to you, has uh, done whatever. Maybe it's a connect group that you joined that was just earth shattering. 
and and just part of that breakthrough. We should start with a heart of thankfulness. Because the more that we have this heart of thankfulness, there's a part that it it breaks the spirit of bitterness. It breaks the spirit of uh, having a hard heart and not wanting to receive correction, not wanting to receive his discipline, not wanting to receive wisdom and guidance and counsel, not willing. And even when we're not thankful, we're not willing to receive his mercy and his grace the way he intended. So the more that we are thankful, the more that we focus on what we are thankful for and who we are thankful for in our lives, because God placed it in them there, it opens our heart to be able to receive all that God has for us. It's part of what really helps soften it all up so God can mold us and shape us to be more like his son, Jesus. Because we see this one part I want to point out before we leave. In uh, the second sentence in verse 15. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. Watch out. Because bitterness is more than just a thorny bush. It's poisonous. A thorny bush will just prick you right now for the moment and guess what you forget about it within a matter of moments later but it's poisonous poison gets in your bloodstream poison gets in your heart poison gets in throughout your body and starts creating damage damage bitterness is a spirit that will seep into you so we either feed into it, we either continue to focus on the bitterness, or we can ignore it and resist it and have a thankful heart. And we can do the opposite of what bitterness tells us to do. Bitterness tells us to lash out at that family member. Bitterness tells us to ignore uh, friends and family. Bitterness tells us to only think of the negative versus all of the positive that's out there. Bitterness is that poison that blinds our eyes, hardens our hearts, and keeps us from doing what God wants us to do. So let's be thankful today. Let's soften our hearts today. Let's be leaking grace and mercy at all of our tables today. And may all of your turkeys and all of the other sides be cooked great, well, and have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. God bless. Let's pray and let's have a great Thanksgiving. Lord, we just uh, we just thank you so much for all that you do, uh, all that you are. We just thank you for um, so much of, uh, of the people uh, and the things that you have done and, and brought into our lives. Um, Lord, I just uh, I just pray that every table is uh, is a blessing to everyone today not just the food that is um, so well prepared and and put so much time into, uh, Lord, but the conversations are a blessing, uh, that the relationships are a blessing, that uh, families are even um, relationships and bitterness is just melted away and that thankfulness and grace and mercy are poured out among everyone. 
Lord, I just pray that this Thanksgiving be one that changes lives, not just for the better, but for you and your glory. Lord, we praise you. We thank you for all that you are. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen and amen. All right. And here's one of the people I'm most thankful for, my son. Have a great one. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Take care and God bless. See you all at church this Sunday.